Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. We fooled us lies. We wanna earn our worth, we won't reduce the price. Should be we're fools whether we dance, that be we don't. Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, we are back in the cast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Pops Culture Podcast. I am your host, Papa Menno, and as always, I'm joined by my trusty co-host, Gabe Eppard. Gabe, how are you doing today? What up? Live from Vancouver, it's me, so I'm good. <laughs> I got nothing for you there. I was trying to come off the top. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I'm good. Just trying to get settled in back, back in my hometown. And yeah, it's funny because I, when I moved here, everyone's like, "What are you gonna do with the podcast? Like, what's happening? Like, it's a pandemic, man. We're not. No one's been recording face to face here. Yeah." So everyone's just like, are you, you giving that up? I was like, I'm on vacation. <laughs> what I'm doing and stuff. So, like, I know what the people want. And they're worried about the podcast, but it's like, settle down, you peasants. We'll still be recording. Real quick, did you cry when you saw your mom? I fucking bawled, bro. Um, I have absolutely no shame. I even hugged my father. That was the first hugging, like, since that, that I can remember. So. Um, oh, that's was, cute. Yeah, it was. It was good, man. They're happy to see me. Two years, so it was. Uh, it was a good feeling. I did. I did cry, and I will cry again. I'm not ashamed. That that is a long wait. Uh, did you do anything special for candidate at all? Candidate? No, yeah. I think. I, no, not at all. It's chilling because I try to keep it low key. I didn't want to do like the patios and stuff are open, but I wasn't trying to do that because I just. With the flying and everything in my family, it wasn't putting myself at risk with any of the COVID stuff. So you're shook. <laughs> I'm not shook. <laughs> Safe and That's what you're saying. <laughs> I got lives in my hand. Did you? Oh yeah, yeah. I did actually. I went to a cabana with one of my friends. Cabana? Yeah. Which I, I thought. What? That's a fuck. You got COVID for sure. Yeah. See, I thought it was gonna be crazy like that too, but surprisingly, they kept their rules like intact like their tables are very spaced apart it wasn't as many people as like you'd expect like it wasn't like a packed house or anything like that so yeah we were very like on on the fringe with interacting with each other um and then obviously all the servers and stuff had their masks on like these plastic masks yeah it's outside too so it's not like you're in a enclosed space so it was good though it was, it was a nice chill sure. night I just, I just drank a little bit too much. Um, but yeah, yeah so the next day I had work and I, like, I struggled to get out of my bed, essentially. You're wild. At least you didn't have to go to the office and stuff. Yeah, that's the best part. Like I could literally just roll out of my bed and then just hop on my computer yeah. in my no living room. Bell you, you didn't smell like tequila or anything. Yeah, and no, no one sees me either. So like whatever I look like, it didn't even fucking matter. So it's, exactly. a, it's a good benefit to being working from home. But this is episode 62 of the Pops Culture Podcast. As always, guys, continue to like, rate, review, subscribe on all major streaming platforms. That's iTunes, Google, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Also, be sure to follow the Pops Culture Media page on Instagram. And yeah, keep giving us likes and reviews and all that. Definitely helps us out in terms of getting 
background in the algorithm and getting this podcast more exposure. This is a special episode because we do have a very special guest with us here today. For the second time on the Pops Culture Podcast, I would like to introduce you guys to Idris Lawal. Idris, how are you doing today? I'm good, bro. How you doing? Not bad. It's a, it's a sunny day. It actually rained a little bit earlier, but it's weird. Uh, it's a nice day. Do you think it's too hot right now? I have AC. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But I know, I know a lot of people complain about the heat. They say they go outside and they're dying and stuff like that. Don't mind it at all, man. I'm uh, like growing up in Qatar and stuff where it's 40 degrees every day. This That's not that. So this yeah. is... And you get it for like two months, three months, a year. So can't complain, bro. Yeah, that's the thing. Hey, Toronto people, as soon as it gets hot, y'all complain. You complain about the snow forever. And exactly. And then once it gets too hot, it's like, I can't. You got got three months of this at best. You're in no place to be complaining. Yeah, that's the worst part. But yeah, the last couple weeks been a little bit wild. Like, who knew that the last time that me and you hung out, Idris... Like, the time we went out was going to be, like, one of the last times we'd see each other for a long-ass time. <laughs> that was, like, when? Uh, Mar- March? March, yeah. Sometime in March. Angry. Was that before or after your show? That was after the show, I think. Yeah, it was, it was definitely after. The show you missed and didn't support. <laughs> I don't okay, what why did I miss that show? I don't even remember why I missed it. I think I was at work or something. There had to be you a reason. Oh, don't make those excuses. No, no, no. There was definitely was like a, a reason. Yeah, you had something. Yeah, yeah. There was definitely something. I know there's a reason. There's no way I would just miss it for the sake of missing it. It wasn't like a like a excusable excuse. <laughs> Yo, I actually had the most embarrassing moment there. What happened? Because I was rushing, I was like, and I had like a beer. I was like, I'm not going sober. So I grabbed a beer and then like something happened. I put it in my pocket and I, I like, and I just totally forgot about it. I went inside the show and then, um, and then we're, I was like watching. And I was like, oh, I was, I went to go get a beer. I was like, oh, already have one. And so I cracked that first. And <laughs> as soon as I cracked, I was like, there's no way anyone will notice. The security guard comes over, he's like, we don't serve PBR. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm 30 years old. This guy's like, get out right now. I was like, sir, please don't make a scene. Sir, please don't make a scene. <laughs> Yelling at me to get out. And then he kicked me out for a second. I was like, man, like I just had this in my pocket. I swear. And then I don't know, someone who was one of your friends or something was like, just let him back in. Like he obviously <laughs> wasn't like sneaky in or anything. But everyone looked at me like in the background and that. And I like I looked like that guy that couldn't afford a beer. So I snuck my own in. Who is this and- bum? <laughs> yeah, it was quite a scene. I, like after that, I was like, okay, I listened. I like watched you perform. This guy gotta get the fuck out of here. He dipped out quick. Yeah, I was. It was honestly like one of the most embarrassing moments of my adulthood. Oh my god, that's hilarious, bro. Sneak a beer in here? Who sneaks a beer in? This yeah, is like yeah. the supporting artists do this. I was like, I'm sorry, man. I didn't think it through. Dude, I've been there, bro. Yeah, I've been there, man. I took the beer. Um, yeah, I took my beer into the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your own artists are sneaking liquor in that. Like, <laughs> Think and some random guy walks into the bathroom, <laughs> regular, and I'm just like, oh, it's just a regular person. So I cracked a beer, and he's like, dude, I'm the owner. Get out. <laughs> Wait, at this show? Oh no, not at the show. I had another. Okay, bar. okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was basically what happened to me. He's like, I know we don't serve that here. I was like, how the fuck do you notice so quick? Yeah, holy fuck. But I stayed, watched the whole thing. Unlike Papa, so shout out to me. Yeah, that was a sick night. And yeah, it was good, man. That was good. It was it was cool to see. We'll talk about it later, but yeah, it was a good show. Yeah, man. So first of all, congrats on your EP, Young Black and Blue. I really liked the project. Just wanted to say that. Thank you. Yeah, man. you really said it at a good time as well, too. Uh, you were on the last episode. You're on was episode eight of the Pop's Culture podcast, and when we last spoke. I was 62. Congrats. Thank you. Appreciate that. When we last spoke, though, you didn't consider yourself a Torontonian. Are you claiming the city now? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's You've been, been here long enough. Years now, three years, you know. So, of course, you know, I mean, I claim to be Nigerian Canadian. So, and Toronto has been a big influence in like just me um, becoming more. Taboo myself just because it's so diverse and being able to see more people like me, more Nigerians like me, more artists like me. So, yeah, for sure, bro. Definitely claiming 
claiming Toronto, but still reaching, reaching out back home? <laughs> Funny question, bro. Toronto <laughs> Bear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, eh? <laughs> so you were, okay, so you released your album a day before your birthday. Was that always the goal for this EP? I always wanted to release it before my birthday and uh because of like different circumstances I kept pushing it back and pushing it back. I I'd, I'd actually meant to release the EP in like um April. Okay. Pushed it back. So yeah, I pushed it back a little bit and but my ultimate goal when I started working on it as an EP collectively in I would say like last year like um August was like it has to be done out before my uh birthday, my 28th birthday. So I pushed it as far back as I can. And I was like, all right, before my birthday, I'm going to release it. And then uh, the Friday, because of uh, just uh, streaming, the streaming state of the industry right now and releasing music on Friday and release radio and all of that, I put it on the Friday. So it worked out perfectly then. God's, God's planning. God's planning, man. And then I got to like, you know, have a day for the EP and then have a day for myself as well. So that was dope. Right, so speaking of the situation, how has the pandemic like changed your creative process and like delivery of music? It's been, it's been interesting. I think the only thing is um, when you, I've always, I spent the last year kind of working on live uh, performances and building up my performances. And, you know, I'm sure Gabe, you can attest to that because you were at the show and Papa, you. <laughs> I, I went to the first one. Yeah, yeah, oh man, that was like traveling light. Yeah, but there's so much time that went in between that uh, I got to see his growth as an artist from almost one year to another, which you didn't. If, so, it was, if anyone has seen the growth of Idris as an artist, it's a hundred percent me. I was in the trenches of Ottawa listening to him record in his uh in his frat house. Yeah, there real talks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. It's I think the only thing that has changed it's uh, the lack of being able to perform, and that was one thing I was definitely looking forward to with the EP. I wanted to have a body of work out that people can like go back and listen to. But in just because I moved around growing up, I've always shared my music a lot digitally and distributed my music digitally, and now it's always how I've connected with people. So. Um, this is almost kind of a good time for me to be able to just take what I've done and like keep doing it and do it a lot more. Like, yeah, things like sending out emails to people. Yeah. Something I've always been able to do and reach out to people uh, through emails, people that I don't know digitally through my music. So, yeah, that's helped. But, yeah, just a lot of live music, man. <laughs> that's dope. I know I saw you, so I saw you before, like I just bumped into you, we were chatting, and you said, like, before, this is right before the pandemic, too, that you had your process, since you're working, you're trying to get up early and record and stuff and doing that in the morning, and then the pandemic hit, so did you switch it up at all, once that kind of stuff, like, did you oh, spend man. more time on your music, and kind of put, put work to the side, or what happened with that, because there's just like, I know it was kind of a coincidence we spoke about that. That was right before that stuff got. So I kind of got an insight to your recording process, but then everything changed. So just like, how did that, how did, uh, did you keep with what you're used to? Or did you switch? Yeah, man, to be honest, like I finished the EP like right when the pandemic happened. And then I had consciously made the decision to not work on music. So I actually haven't written music since almost like April. Really? Yeah, man, because when you work in a, like, I worked on a project for, like, two or three years, and I was just, like, I got to refill, refill the, the bucket, refill the cup, I guess. Yeah. So, I've been doing that, just now working on music, um, obviously mixing the EP, finalizing the mastering, got that done, and then the EP was fully done, I would say, end of May. Yeah. And sent it out for distribution June. Um, and then i just been focused on promoting, so... It's, yeah, it's the same, it's the same routine, waking up at the same time, but just doing different things, you know, like instead of yeah. now music and stuff, it's now like more so reaching out to people, doing the network and part of the administrative stuff. I'm doing all that in the morning versus working, waking up, trying to work on music. And now that it's summertime too, bro, like taking walks in the mornings, that's been a new thing. And that's been, that's been amazing during this time. Yeah. Yeah, man. 
that's good. That, that that makes sense and stuff. Would you knowing that the uh, you're gonna have all that free time, did, would that have changed anything? Like do you like or did you just need that break during the uh pandemic or did you yeah. wish you worked on the music then or was it just necessary to just take that time off? Yeah, it was it was it was very necessary. And you know how um like during the pandemic started and like a couple of weeks into it, there were all these memes that like, yo, if you're not doing anything time and if you're not learning anything <laughs> that you wish yeah. and so you like you felt that like i felt that pressure man and i was like all right so like for a week i was like all right like get, gotta get back into music and do all this and all that so i did that for a week and then i felt a little like just deflated you know it was yeah yeah last two years three years it had been just like nah just take the break that you wanted to take and it's okay to take a break during this time because the whole world's stopping, you know? So it's yeah. okay. <laughs> Understandable, too. Like, a lot of shit's going on in the world and, like, you have the pandemic then obviously you have, like, police brutality going on in the U.S. and a whole bunch of other things that are coming to light now. So it's, like, for, just for your mental health, it's good to take that break and, like, kind of unwind and relax. Like, you're never going to get a chance like this to relax like this again. So might as well take advantage of that as well, too. Yeah, man. That's the plan, exactly. So... So, yo, you started this album off with the song Drop, which features Jelani, Sydney, and Caillou. Yeah. Um, Kiyu. Kiyu, sorry. Caillou. <laughs> why, why the choice to start off with this song particularly? It was all Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, Conrad is um, he's a comedian in Toronto as well, too. So. Shout out, Conrad. Um, but... It's, this song was uh, right after I released Gung Ho. This was the song I started producing. And it was, I think I was going to put it like maybe like right after Gung Ho initially, but after sitting down and listening to with Conrad, it felt like the one song that would get people ready for the matter and the rest of the EP. Yeah. Uh, also, like this capture the as well because it was kind of pl- serious but also kind of playful um kind of rap hit like i rapped on it but also there was more melodic aspects of it there was a fast aspect so it was a slow aspect um so it just felt like the one song that encapsulated the entire ep felt like the right introduction That's i don't know dope. if you know this but the runtime for dropping gung-ho are the exact same yeah i noticed it after actually <laughs> yeah, man uh, like songs are getting shorter and like I don't know I'm not like I used I remember I used to make like four minute songs like medals the, the songs that I worked on that I've been working on longest are the longer ones so like medals um, All My Gay are like the first songs I started working on for the EP yeah 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 so those are the longer ones and then I don't know like as the, in the music industry is changing people's attention spans are getting shorter so songs are getting shorter um, and I don't know my like the way I make music is just, I don't know, maybe it's just naturally getting shorter, but like I didn't plan for that too. It's just funny. <laughs> I think it works though for you doing like the shorter songs because you get the introspection and you get like the depth of music, but at the same time too, it's still like, it's not long enough to where you're listening to like a Joe Budden where he's like rapping about his issues for six minutes on a song. And that's not, there's nothing wrong with those, but I just feel like, like you said, it's a lot more digestible and like you can that's play rap. this. I didn't say <laughs> you can play like conscious music at a party with your music yeah so it, so it works it's just like very digestible in that in that sense yeah man it felt it felt natural too there was no like need to extend it reduce it um anything like that it just felt like all right the song is done why the title young black and blue yo me and my boy were talking about that the other day i mean my boy rohan we were chilling together like 20 so and shout out Rohan as well. Uh, he's a singer in a group called Carolanka. Um, so uh, we were chilling like in 2017 at his house, and we, like, we always chill and just have like writing sessions. We would just throw on the beat and just kind of like write to it, kind of write the same subject matter. And in that session, I just wrote. Um, I wrote the lines from medals. I kind of wrote the first couple of lines of medals, um, uh, which was, uh, and I wrote, "Don't mind me, I'm young and black and blue." Yeah. Uh, Lines were like, don't ask me to run it back to you. Um, don't ask me to jump out, crack the hope. Don't mind me, I'm young and black and blue. And then I wrote that then. And I, I don't know, man. The song just like, it was one song about this whole situation. The song came right after the whole Kaepernick uh, scenario, like in 2016. Yeah. 
and things like more and more like uh, racial, racially charged events and issues kept happening. And you're seeing that, and that as you, as I was seeing that, you know, like one song became another song, and eventually, I don't know, at some point that that whole theme, the theme of blue just kept popping up through the different songs that I was writing. And when it all came together, like the way it was just said and metal just captured it. So I just made it, it felt, it felt right from, uh, metals. But I, yeah, I wrote that word, that young black and blue. I had that since like 2017 and then just kind of held onto it until the EP was done. It really just captures me as well. Um, which is like, 28. I like to think 28 is young, you know? Yeah. Um, 28. It definitely is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so, um, I'm a black man and in this times, um, it, things are very blue because you're seeing all of those things happening in the world. You're seeing black kids getting killed. You're seeing like just modern day lynching happening now. You so you're seeing all of that. Um, but the blue also represents, um, kind of police brutality as well and obviously blue being associated with cops as well so it's also being young and black and being surrounded by police brutality and cops unjustly as well so yeah i just captured the entire ep as well and then the cover for it is also like a sports element but in the sense that they're speaking out on human rights issues yeah um so it's drawn from um the 1968 Olympics. Yeah, correct. And it featured the two uh, runners yeah. who were taking part in it. Yeah. Um, Tommy Smith and uh, John Carlos. So what made you choose that specifically to represent the cover of your of your EP? The image, I, I can't even remember when the last time I saw the image. A long time ago. It's just always stuck in my head. It's like one of the first times I actually remember seeing the Black Power salute even before any, like... Um, like reading about like the Black Panthers organization and yeah. all of that. That was where I first remember seeing it. And uh, because when I started writing, the EP started with medals and medals was about those in, in some parts inspired by the whole Kaepernick issue. Um, and I, like, I'm just having like that soccer back, background. There's so many racial incidents in as well. So I just started doing some digging about how, like racial incidents into like similar incidents like Kaepernick where sports and race mix. And that was one that I saw that was also really powerful. It was very similar in that uh, it was uh, athletes standing up, using their platform to stand up and in some ways sacrificing their careers. Um, but also the fact that it was just so long ago. Like I could yeah. I could have used Kaepernick and Neil, but that would be, that would feel too, it, I don't know, it'd feel too, um, for lack of a better word, like basic, but being able to like use that image, like that 1968 image could have been today, you know, and it would have been still relevant that that same thing could have happened today and it would have been very relevant. So it felt like that was a better like image to just reach out to. And then for, uh, cause I've been wondering this for a while as well too. Like I like gung ho. It's, it's, a song that you've been working on for some time and you officially re- released it last year, uh, 2019. Um, but I didn't actually know this interesting fact. You said that you got inspiration from a Billy Joel song called good night Saigon. Ooh. Just real quick on some other stuff. Like, were there any other songs that were inspired by other artists or other songs that you've heard in the past? Um, yes. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Gongo was the phrase gongo. Uh, I first heard it in the in that song by um, uh, Billy Saigon, Good Night, uh, Billy Joel, Good Night Saigon, where yeah, and we were gone how to live on um, So that's where I first heard the song, uh, the word, and it was probably inspired by that. And also, actually, like there's this Australian artist called Nicholas Emily. Emily Nicholas, wow, I flipped it. <laughs> it's a she's a female. Her name is Emily Nicholas, and yeah. she's grown up. So that song is um, I actually wrote the parts of the verses to of Gongo to kind of like as a remix to her song, and that was where that all kind of started. Um, the initial hook was very similar to the hook on her song, so that's one. Um, Fools is song on the EP that I interpolate um, I interpolate uh, Commander Ebenezer Bay. He's a Nigerian, legendary Nigerian artist, uh, 
Afrobeats Fuji High Life artist. And uh, when I say baby, is a legendary line from one of his songs. Yeah. Um, so that's an interpolation from him. I'm a gay as well as an interpolation. Um, where I say Luke right, Luke left, think twice before you cross my mind is a bit of an interpolation from. Uh, oof, skipping my mind right now. I forget the name. Oh man, it's gonna kill me later. Um, but uh, it's a Sershin uh, Peters. Yeah, Sershin Peters is the guy. Okay. And he- 30-minute song called Shinamania. <laughs> and in like the seventh minute, he says something very similar. A lot of people, because a lot of people actually thought the uh, that was from Kendrick, because Kendrick also has a similar like, look right, look left, think twice before you cross, something similar. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. So people were like, oh, did you get it from that? But I don't know. It'd be funny if he also got it from Sir Shana Peters, who's like a legendary Nigerian artist. But that's where I got it from. Knowing Kendrick, he, he might have, though. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He sampled Fela. He's like, he's he's always in his bag, his bag with that. So that might be a very like that might be an influence for him too. Um, obviously, Fela Kuti as well in Heel. Yeah, there's this Fela Kuti song. I actually just introduced one of my boys to it the other day, and like his mind was blown. It's a song. It's called Trouble Sleep, Yanga Wake Up. And sorry for the people who don't speak Yoruba because you're gonna have trouble spelling that shit. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, so it's like, it's a song that like, if you grew up in Nigeria, you've heard it at some point, but then you forget about it until you hear it again. It's a Fela Kuti song. It's from like early, early in his career. It's like very slow, psychedelic. Um, yeah, a lot more like, uh, yeah, it's just a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot slower. It's a lot more like closer to like the Beatles, a lot more to like psychedelic, like jazz and stuff like that. Um, but he says uh, a line I haven't healed. I say, uh, and when I get trouble, sleep. I am God, but I know they count sheep. It's kind of an interpolation from him as well. Burner Boy also interpolates and as well in one of his songs. So yeah, man, those a whole bunch. <laughs> like yeah, just like there's almost at least one in every song, bro. Okay, I'm as big, much of like a student of the game as I am, like you know, a uh, a participant in the game as well. You know, so. The great- I- artist uh borrow <laughs> yeah but just to go back on this though like i know for me like obviously i'm not an artist or anything like, like that but with everything like you said you were done before this pandemic started and all this movement and everything kind of started to rise to the top and obviously has been in the center of news and social media uh like i know you said earlier you took a break but do you feel like you're missing out on kind of that creative process or like, do do you wish that that was going on when you were making music? Like obviously with you, it's, it reflects your music and that's always been an issue, but I don't think even any of us have seen this in our lifetime. And then when it comes to being an artist and making music around that, what was, what was your thought process? Were you still, still taking a break from everything with that? Like, did you inspire, did it inspire you? Like, did you write things down to maybe save that energy for later? Uh, yeah, what, yeah, what no, going on exactly with that? Definitely, like taking a break doesn't necessarily mean like you stop writing because things come when, um, like you like wake up like I journal here and there, and even sometimes when I journal, like sometimes I'll write like certain rhymes down and things like that. So, um, yeah. and the inspiration I think um also living through things, um. When you live through it, you still have it. So I think eventually, like in my own way, I'll definitely um, cap, tr- like definitely capture this like weird and unique situation that we're all like living through. Um, and also, I think I also didn't feel too bad because this EP that I'm currently released, that I just released, is a very deep and. Um, it's the young black and blue. So it's a serious, it's a deep project. It's a blue project. And I um, purposefully want to, at least for this summer, like when, especially like right now that things are kind of starting to open up again, my plan was to make a little bit more of the um, fun, fun songs, I guess, if you can call it. And uh, a little bit more of the uplifting song. So people also can get that from me. And in some ways not to get pigeonholed into this kind of dip serious as a dip serious artist, but also like, I, I generally like don't take myself too seriously in life as well. Like I'm, I'm a serious person when time needs to be yeah. 
you know, so it, I didn't really feel too bad because I knew that um, what I want to make or the kind of music I want to make right now, moving forward, yeah. moving forward, but for the next little while is um, not necessarily, um, will not necessarily be reflective of a pandemic. Um, yeah. I feel like also like eventually, like I'm a, when it comes to making the project as well, the theme, a theme will be there and whatever the theme is then. Yeah, um, focus. But after working on the project for like two, three years, it's like, all right, let's make just make some fun songs and have fun with music for a little bit. So it didn't feel too bad, didn't feel too bad. Yeah, that's cool. that's interesting though, because like Fools is, it's like a love song. Yeah, am I correct in saying that? Yeah, it's a love song. It's kind of serious, but it's also kind of like fun and Fools. Yeah. <laughs> For the next little while, some of the songs you'll hear will lean more towards like fools, that kind of sound. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah, so it's a big tune. The beats wavy. Like I like everything about the song. It's a really, it's a really good one. But like you said, it's it's a love song. But at the same time, too, it's something you could play at like a party, and like no one realizes it's really a love song unless you're listening to the lyrics at that very moment. Shout out to Q too, because uh, that was the first song me and him ever worked on. Um, yeah. yeah. He so he's from France, correct? Yeah, he's from France. He moved to Canada um, a couple of years ago. I'm not sure exactly when, maybe three, four years ago. But, like, yeah, man, like, he speaks, like, French. Um, um, it's funny because uh, we met, ran- I don't know how, like, randomly, like, but out- outside of a club. Yeah. Um, we met, we all got to talking, and, like, somehow we, like, yeah, we both make music. His friends all made music. I was with some friends who all made music. We added each other. And then, like, he just hit me up and was like, yo, I have a beat for you. And Simmons beat like which was fools wrote to it and then we linked up and uh, yeah man and then he's like we are we in the studio and like I get there and I'm like I realize he doesn't speak English like <laughs> and I obviously don't speak French but like I like come see come stop but you know I don't speak yeah 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 they're not popping yeah like, don't worry bro don't worry I speak music and I was like yeah <laughs> and yeah <laughs> it's joke so he's from France yeah man and uh, he ended up mixing and mastering and like even adding some additional production on a few of the songs mixing and mastering the entire EP um, except for two songs that I give uh, credit where it's due obviously that's good though that's hilarious because usually when you go out in nights like that and you meet someone like that yeah you're drunk so you're like oh yeah like we should do this blah 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 and like everyone has this discussion of like how we should link up and whatever should happen afterwards but you wake up the next day and you're like kind of hungover and like the energy's not the same as <laughs> exactly when you meet so it's kind of dope that he actually reached out and uh gave you a beat to to rap on and and i don't even think um it was like um us connected was even like that like it was just kind of like oh yeah I'll check out your stuff you check out my stuff and then we like a lot of people do we just didn't really talk yeah like I'd say two three weeks and then he like reached out and sent that beat and then we like um talked and then I checked out his songs because he's also like a very dope musician and vocalist in his own right as well and he sings in French which is like and raps in French which is dope as well so but yeah man it was a dope chance encounter and even like Jelani too with the saxophone same thing very very chance encounter as well but yeah those and make the best of it you know and that's what that's what I like about this album as well too like I love Sydney's contributions to it I love I, I love everyone's contributions to it like Jelani's saxophone but one thing that stands out to me the most is how you have you have those elements on each one of your songs so it kind of just like flows from top to bottom like you can just play this straight through and like they, they definitely differ, but yeah. there's still, still some sense of commonality between them because of the fact that you're using, like, Sydney, who's, like, mimicking, not mimicking your vocals, but she's mimicking the same lyrics that you're singing, but she's just singing them. And then you have, like, Jelani, who has his, like, saxophone solos uh, yeah. that go out throughout the song. So I, I really like that element and how you ended up putting that together with, with this project. Yeah, that was important, man. That was like, uh, I, that was part of the plan. It was like, yo, Jelani, like, I want you to, I, I'll, I'll do my, for all the songs, it's like, I'll do my part, record my part over it, finish it. 
Um, and then Jelani come to the studio, play your saxophone solo through the entire song for all the songs, and we'll arrange and do it after. Um, Sydney was in the same studio session. She went next. Boom, boom. It's crazy because both of them, like the first studio session I had them in, um, they both did three songs, and they recorded your vocals and your saxophone, respectively, for like three songs in like 45 minutes. <laughs> and they wow. did like three takes each and boom 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 and they were done and i was like Hold that's me. easy yeah, bro. music it was like a six hour session and like for both of them i think i like which is also like bad planning on my part but i like <laughs> sent them like sydney i sent the song the night before jelani i sent the song the morning also they hadn't even really like gotten to practice or listen to it but they just came in and did the thing and that's the best part too it's like i i, I like for those like when people are talented like i'm just like I think the my music started getting better the day like I let people who like know what they're doing. Yeah. And doing better than me, like do their thing. I'm just, I don't even give any directions. I'm just like, yeah, like I've done my part. You just go in and add what you want to the song. Yeah. And then he who knows what he's doing when it comes to arranging, engineering, producing. I'm like, all right, I'll let you with my help as well and do everything as well. Um, arrange everything. Also, something else that's also key, which is like, because you brought it up, is for all that I produced on the song, which is um, Q produced Fools, Antion produced Heal, yeah. I produced a rap song. Um, it's all the same, um, the same drum kit, the same um, sounds, which also, I guess, helps the flow and the the consistency. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Now, now that you mentioned, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen for that the next time I listen to it. Yes. Pitched certain ways, sometimes they sound different, but it's yeah, a drum kit. So for me, like "Hey Colonizers" hey, is my favorite song off the album. Not only just because of like the times that we're in, but uh, I just like your I like your delivery on this track. Like it just seems raw and like bare, and like how you how you were uh, singing and rapping um, the lyrics. Yeah. So one of the questions I had, because it, like to me, the song sounds like you're just minding your business, but life or I guess the system is kind of trying to like push you in a cer- certain direction, but you just want to be left alone. What yeah. is, is that like an accurate depiction of what the song is about? Yeah, man. It's kind of like, you know, I, I see what you're doing and um, I'm not that guy. Yeah. Um, just like I'm here to get mine and I am... I like I am gonna get mine and it's like when I say like as just don't come near my family and when I say my family it's like not just my immediate family but the people that I love as well and it's like that's when that's when I'm actually gonna do something to retaliate. But um until then I'm just minding my business and that's like, you know, my personal business and like my business business, you know. So yeah. It's more so like things like yeah, yeah, that is a very yeah, for sure accurate depiction and that seems to be like a huge theme in your album is just like doing your own thing and like chasing your dreams and being liberated because on drop you have a lyric that says they won't box me in can't box with god and just sounds like you're just striving to do whatever you want on on drop and then also with gung-ho like just living a gung-ho lifestyle just means essentially doing what you want to do on your own terms so i guess is that is that another theme that you kind of threw throughout the entire album yeah, man. Even like through fools, I'm a gay, like loving on, on our own terms and not letting um, love be defined by either the times or different standards standards of love. Um, the whole EP is about just you know, I it, it in some ways like young black and blue is like I understand my situation. I understand everything that's going on around me. I understand it enough to obviously be affected by it, but also not let me, uh, not let it put, get me down and um, really set me back in achieving the dreams that I want to achieve. Yeah. And really the theme is if every, every, like, I mean, if everyone thinks like that, then hopefully everyone's getting closer to their dreams and not letting um, the things affect them. Cause it'd be, you'd be stupid to um, say like, Oh, this thing's like, I'm, these things that are happening in the world aren't affecting are affecting people. You know, it's when you see a black kid get killed for me personally, it's like, I stop, you know, that forces me to stop. That gets me sad. In that moment, I'm very sad. You really contemplate everything you're doing. Yeah. But you can't at the end of the day, let that keep you down. You keep fighting and, you know, you keep, you take your name with you and you make sure like everything you do, you're 
doing your part to make sure the people that we that we're losing aren't just being lost in vain i guess so yes in that way yeah that's been one of the hardest parts especially being on quarantine because you see you see that type of news all the time and it's like you can't really detach yourself from it because you're you're going to be on social media so you're going to end up seeing it eventually in some some way or another but um, it's like both good and bad like just times that we are yeah the fact that we're all home is uh, like this is the most pervasive I've ever seen. Like this is the most to say, to some degree. Like I know people, people might disagree with me. Yeah. Um. Black Lives Matter has always maybe felt like black people's Black Lives Matter, and now you're seeing things like South Asians for Black Lives Matter. You know. Um, you know, like you're seeing different cultures. You're seeing you know white allies having not just um, conscious about their own stuff but people conscious about their own unconscious bias and yeah they've lived their lives and their own privileges so in that way it's very good because everyone's home and that's why everyone's be able to not be distracted by everyday life but also it's bad in the sense that at least for like it's you're seeing it every day and if you're someone who um some people are just like immune to it and just can be disconnected from it some people like are very, like I know people who are very very sad right now and like this thing's ever it's overwhelming and then some people like um, take that like I recognize it like it's very very sad and I'm doing my part you know but also can't let it get me down gotta keep moving and you know so both good and bad yeah, that's what that's why I like the timing of this album as well too, because it came out at a time where we needed this type of music. Like, I feel like now should be the time where a lot of people are putting out conscious music. Like, yeah, the party stuff does help, but we're all still not really like out there partying. So, exactly. so I feel like this is a perfect time for conscious music to be. And, and also for, for me, for me as an artist, for you, it seems like more genuine because you created this, uh, and you're obviously conscious of it before this all happened. Like you've been working on this for a year yeah. prior. Whereas like me and Papa talked about this on the podcast before, where we almost feel like, like obviously this will happen now, but at times I think for us, like even on like Twitter, like being a black creative, when you're talking about this, like you're just hopping on the bandwagon. You're just, you know, I, I know for me, I see a lot of people and artists and stuff doing a lot of things that revolve around what's going on right now. But it's like, where was that before? But whereas with you and your music and following you the last two years, it's obviously more authentic because this is this is this has been made before this all happened. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. do you see that? And like, kind of I feel justified or validated that like you've been about this. This is something important to you before this even was a front and center in social media and and in music. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, it's it's uh, it's almost bittersweet because like I think as a as an artist, your goal is to make music that's you know relevant and like timeless. And I'm not like saying my music is timeless. I'm not like calling it <laughs> classic. Hey, you know? it might be, bro. Might be. Honestly, I I think I could see this being there. Yeah, I mean, like I gotta be honest. Listening when I was making the album in the last over the last two or three years, some of the songs I some of the albums I listened to was like Nas Illmatic, um, yeah, Marvin Gaye going on albums like that that really like define the times. But um, yeah, man, like I appreciate that because it's um, it's I didn't plan for it to be coming out for it to come out this time. Um, so it's crazy to like work on an album that's inspired by 2017, and you know when I when I was like in January when the year started and I planned to drop it in April, May. And obviously things got delayed along the way, but it's crazy to now be like during the rollout for things to then be so relevant. It, in some way, it gave, like it gave me drive to like, yeah, this definitely has to come out. Like it, it wasn't what to that. It has to come out before my birthday, but in some way too, it was also like overwhelming. Working yeah. In this, trying to navigate the, I'm not trying to be opportunistic here. Like this is something I've been working on for a while. Um, it just so happens that it's very relevant, very, very pervasive at the time of releasing it. Yeah. But yeah. And I do know people who like me. I've seen people I like I think I like try to be like um optimistic and say people go on their own different journeys and get to different places at certain and realize certain things. And there's certain people who 
because of different the way they were the environment they grew up in didn't realize there's certain like black artists even who didn't maybe because of the environment were not really openly thought certain things that were being said to them or done to them were okay i've been in that environment where other things extreme things are to have shit to really yeah the open you know so people are going on their own journey like and like yeah man it's the hope is that it's not just opportunistic and it's like them actually coming to a a realization about themselves because yeah i think a lot of a lot of black people also are definitely like for lack of a better words get a better term get woke yeah (laughs) just about just how like unfair disadvantaged they've like they are and when they've not really realized it, they've just been fucking so like head down going through the daily struggle and daily motion not really realizing that like fuck the next person your colleague is way more advantage you know not really being aware about that so but yeah yeah you definitely got the opportunistic one so for sure before we wrap up i got two quick questions gabe i don't know if you have another question after or not I'm struggling here. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so my first question is on the track "Metals." What what was Dean's role in that song? Real quick, bro. He's uh, the bass. He played the bass on "Metals" and "I'm a Gay." Okay. Because <laughs> I'd met him before, so I, I when I seen him on it, I was like, "Oh, I didn't know he, uh, I didn't know he was like involved in music at all." So shout out to D. He's in a band called The Legendary Pit. P-I-T. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, bro. Like they're out in Yellowknife, and he plays. He's a sick bass player. Um. And uh, we met a while back at Canadian Music Week, and yeah, he just came to my house one day and just played the bass over a couple of songs, including "Medals" and "I'm a Gay." <laughs> which made it to the EP. And it's crazy because um, the songs where I've heard great compliments, where people have actually complimented the bass are those two specific songs. So it's pretty cool to have like that live bass on the album as well. That's dope. And then my last question, what is your favorite song off of the EP? Ooh. <laughs> it changes, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it changes, but I. Okay. Don't, what what is, what is it? What is it today? <laughs> right now it's heal. Okay. Yeah. So it's either I think it's either always drop or heal, depending on how I'm feeling. You know. What about what when you first dropped? What was your favorite one? Like, what was the one that you're like, this is it, this is the one, versus like now. I thought it was drop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Drop was like, all right, this this song like, and like this when the EP starts and drop like. That was, I was like, that's my favorite song. I love how the EP starts. I love the way it opens with the cop siren. Like, I love that. Like, the other day, like, I like randomly we were chilling in the parks and played. It's funny, like, it's kind of ironic. Played drop and like, obviously, this starts with the cop siren. And I saw one of my friends actually like kind of shake and look around because we were just like drinking in the park and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of like. All right, I hear you. You know, I don't give a fuck. I'm still gonna do what I want to do anyway. So it's yeah, and uh, yeah, man. So drop and heal, either or. But Gongo is the no for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Those are those are the intros and the outros of your EP. So it's interesting that it, it fluctuates between those two. Yeah, yeah, man. Heal is definitely. Yeah, heal is a. It's a like I think that's the first song where I don't know. I would say like I um in some ways address like the aspect of healing, the aspect of kind of mental health a little bit through yeah. the song. Um, and, Gabe, uh, you got to listen to her. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I'm the king of mental health, okay? <laughs> yeah, so it's just, uh, it just, yeah, it's just, it's a nice song to like. Goddamn low blow, that's what it is. <laughs> it's one of those like, ah. <sighs> like a healing release. Yeah, exactly, bro. <laughs> But yeah, I think that I think that'll do it for episode sixty-two of the Pops Culture Podcast. As always, guys, thank you for listening. Be sure to like, rate, review, subscribe on all major streaming platforms. That's iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Continue to give us ratings and reviews because it really helps us get found in iTunes' algorithm. And yeah, thank you, Idris, for joining us on this episode. Um, we meant to have you on two weeks ago before the album actually dropped, but 
obviously with some things going on, we had to delay it, but I'm glad you got to join in and tune in on this episode. Definitely come back when you're dropping your next project. I, I saw you tweet that you're writing a little bit now. Is that, is that factual? Yeah, man. God, I think I might have it. I'm going, I'm back in the studio next week. Um, uh, yeah. So I got a new song in the works, got two new songs in the works. So hopefully like by next month, early next month, we'll have a new song out. Oh, yeah, man. And that's something to look forward to. Yeah, and it'll be a true, true Afro-bop sound, you know. <laughs> Which is what you call your music. You hate the term Afrobeat, so you call you call yours Afro-bop. Yeah, bro, it's a little bit of Afro. It's a little bit, a little bit of bop in it. <laughs> That's dope. So, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Um, we drop every Thursday, so catch us next Thursday. Oh. Peace. 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 <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.